0: Hey folks, Michael here from Amazing FBA, just outside the shop, which strikes me as a, a quite interesting one for a number of reasons called My Halal. For starters, um, well, let's start with the, the obvious thing first. It's obviously a halal. It's um, a lot. Um, why is that important? Well, there's probably quite a sizable Muslim community in Cardiff. And there is in most amazing cities in the UK and indeed maybe smaller cities now. I don't know. It's certainly, a huge number in, uh, London. And so it's a smart thing to target somebody that is, you know, substantial minority of the population, but is possibly underserved or is a little bit nervous about whether, you know, what they're eating or consuming or buying is going to fit with their personal standards. In this case, a uh, religious kind of standard, I guess. But the interesting underlying idea about that is so the second point uh, is that <coughs> the, and the interesting second point about that is the underlying food. So requirements for a lot of food. If you have halal food, then someone like me, who's not halal eater and I'm not religious at all, I don't, I'm not halal or kosher or any other sort of thing. I'm not actually vegetarian either, but any of those sort of food requirements would be, well, obviously not vegetarian because it's meat, but you, <laughs> it hits normal people's, if you like, non-specialist food requirements, but it's also available to those who eat halal food. Whether it hits kosher standards, I don't think so. I remember talking to a Jewish friend of mine who's an observant Maybe he's an orthodox Jew, but reasonably observant. And um, I believe that's a different standard. But for a mass market um, product that also hits a niche, that actually kills two birds with one stone. So those halal food could be sold to anyone, me included, if I wanted to go in there. And it could also be sold simply to anybody. The third thought is interesting, uh, is that they've actually owned the halal thing rather than being um, a local shop in an area with quite a few people of uh, Muslim faith and I'm guessing possibly Turkish, possibly South Asian origin in, in this part of the world. Rather than hiding that fact, like you get in a lot of London, there are lots of areas that are full of Turkish or um, South Asian as in Indian, Pakistani, Bangladeshi, mostly Pakistani, but those guys um, don't sort of advertise that identity But if you look on the shelves, they actually have halal products. And so it's interesting that these guys have decided to own that identity and actively attract people who are looking for halal food. Now, like any marketing, you may go for your target market and call them out and it may put other people off. Um, So in terms of marketing, it's a little bit more Marmite. You know, you're either attracted to it or you don't like it so much, perhaps, depending on who it is that's shopping. Uh, but in terms of the products itself, they can be sold to both halal and non-halal. So it's quite flexible from the product side, from the branding side, they've decided to go for one particular market. So that's really a second point here. Um, they've owned their positioning, which I think overall is probably smart. It just depends on how prejudiced the local people are against halal meat. I mean, I personally don't know how halal, how halal meat is killed. Um, I might have some prejudices myself or, or, you know, more than prejudices so much, it, I don't no, but if I'd looked into it, it might conflict with my sort of animal, animal welfare standards as opposed to, say, religious standards. So an ethnic, sorry, an ethical framework of mine might conflict with that. But if that's the case, then I guess I would have gone into some other sort of local shop and then seen it says halal food and, and walked away anyway. So it's interesting that um, it's certainly more of a niche choice in a street full of, by the way, shops that are just very, very generic. Um, it stands out as a little bit more boldly calling out a particular target market. The third general area that with my business acquisition hat on is, is that they are starting to do what I was speculating about in a video the other day, which is uh, considering doing a sort of roll up under a, a cleaner and kind a of branding um, that would actually roll up a bunch of you know, Turkish shops or obviously Turkish owned, which would therefore probably in most cases be Muslim as well and thus halal friendly. So maybe they are starting to do. In their own branding and their own unit, what I might consider doing a roll-up across multiple um, shops. Not saying I'm personally going to buy this shop or ones like it. But it's interesting to speculate about that as a general business strategy. So to come up with a clean branding that targets a particular consumer group rather than being anything for anybody, and thus, you know, the chance of getting slightly more loyalty, more brand identity, getting people to come to your shop rather than the competition. Paying possibly a tiny bit more money for something they trust to be the right kind of product that resonates with their values. Uh, interesting idea and so as a generic business acquisition type idea, it interests me as well. So like a lot of life once you look at the world through certain lenses, you start to see opportunities not not saying as I say, this is a particular opportunity for me, not a sector I know or want to go into. but the fourth and final um, thing is this like I own property in Cardiff. It happens to be residential property, which is getting ever tougher and quite rightly. And I want to look at the word property in the broadest sense. Okay. So real estate is what you can call it in in the US. Um, But in the broader sense, property. So I own something that lets to residential um, tenants. And um, in some ways, quite rightly, the legislation is getting tougher and tougher and I have to have higher and higher standards. Now, you know, in essence, I want to be a really good landlord and responsible. So I don't have a problem with that in principle. In practice, it does mean it gets more and more expensive. And uh, as we can't offset the the costs of finance, it gets worse and worse. That's perhaps something I'm less keen on. If, you know, there isn't enough housing or if housing costs are being pushed up by people buying stuff as a landlord, as I have, then, you know, a solution is probably to produce more housing or, um, you know, have more affordable housing. And through that mechanism, have more affordable housing so more people can buy houses rather than renting from landlords. In my opinion, you need to deal with the fundamentals rather than punishing a particular group. Um, what it means is that anyway, the government needs tax. So they're basically taxing the heck out of me now as a residential landlord. You know, you may not feel at all sorry about that. You may feel strongly pro or against that. Whatever, you know, there are there are arguments on both sides. But the point is this, from a business perspective, it's no longer a highly attractive asset class for that reason. Now, that means that I'm considering things like, you know, property. Would I buy a business that sells halal meat and has only got one unit on a not particularly busy shopping street but it's not bad, maybe. Would I shop in general for property in Cardiff as a location? Yes. Now I'm not saying you should shop for physical product property or real estate. I'm not saying you should shop in the UK, let alone Cardiff. But the point is this it is um is a nice balance for me between demand. There's lots and lots of students here. There are just ordinary people going about their lives here as well. So you've got two sort of main markets for pretty much anything that you can sell here, beer, halal food um i don't know clothes whatever you want um but it's not overpriced and now if you go somewhere like bristol if you're talking about real estate when my wife has some property it's really expensive it's probably going to hold its value but it's expensive and i don't think the value is quite as good um and then london is obviously famously massively overpriced <laughs> i have some owns property there with my wife as well and really overpriced so thinking again in the broader sense about property meaning, you know, anything you can own, an asset you can own, including a business, Somewhere like Cardiff or the online virtual equivalent, as in decent traffic and not overpriced, is a good place to go shopping. Um, the other place that always strikes me about that in terms of property is uh, Birmingham, I a mean, residential property that's very reasonable considering it's a big city, formerly inhabitants, second biggest city in the UK. Manchester is always called UK, UK's second city. I don't know why that is. It's nothing like as big as Birmingham. Lived in Manchester and my brother lives in Birmingham, so I know a little bit about them. Anyway, I digress. So points from today, general business points to consider. Number one, um, calling out your target market and owning your position as opposed to kind of hiding your identity. Number two, um, the possibility of doing a roll-up with some clean branding that calls out a particular business. And again, this doesn't just apply to physical businesses. It's just nice... Physical, visible example, but you could do it with an e commerce business, of course. You can do that with uh, any kind of business. Um, number three, uh, the possibility of a roll up. I, I think that was kind of bundled in there. I can't remember my numbers. And then number four, anyway, either which way, looking for value, places that have good demand and not excessive asset prices. Um, more generically, in terms of business buying, extrapolating from that, if you're talking about property or assets, you can buy, buying a business in e-commerce was a very, very high demand, but high asset price class in 2021, 22, 23, when the, well, 22, maybe when the aggregators were shopping, they were pushing the prices up for those businesses, but there was a lot of growth. Now, what I'm seeing is year on year, 2022 to 23, um, drops in revenue and sometimes profit and, um, month on month, certainly in 2023. Um, so it's a declining Asset class right now. I don't think it will be in the future. I think there will be a growth again, but I'm seeing that across businesses in the UK and the US. And because there's a hangover from the pandemic, overvaluations, in my opinion, overvaluations by the aggregators. I think the aggregators would privately agree with me, by the way, um, because they they own these things that they can't make profitable. But that means there's a bit of a hangover. So right now, I I think uh, they're slightly overpriced asset class now. I'm okay to be shopping in that uh, pool, as it were, because fishing in that pool, if you wish, to get the right mess for. Because um, it's what I understand. But I'm going to find it very hard to get value over the next while, I think. What I think is going to happen is that they there will be a, a pretty tough six months, 12 months, 18 months, depending on where you are physically, in other words, which market you're selling to, in e-commerce. And then I think after that, asset prices will be pretty bargain. So I may, you know, I'm going to keep shopping, but if I... That is to say, you know, shopping for a business in the e-commerce area. I'll stick with Amazon because that's what I know is a starting point in the first couple of acquisitions. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if I can't find what I think of as value and safe businesses. So if it's declining in revenue, I don't want to buy it. And if, um, certainly declining in profits anyway, normally correlated. Um, and yeah, if it's overpriced, I'm not paying it either. So it may be that by applying those two filters, I won't buy anything for the next uh, six to 12 months. Anyway, we'll have to see what's out there. But always interesting to look at the world through a bit of a broader lens. We all get very domain specific. You know, e-commerce is a very specific skill set. And rightly so, one should stick to what one knows. But I do think that it's dangerous to over fixate on one Area, not so much in terms of operations, but when it comes to strategic level decisions, like should you even keep running your business? Should you sell some of it off? Should you, you know, liquidate stock? Should you use your cash it towards other opportunities? I think at that point, then being a specialist means that you get sort of tunnel vision. You know, people who do Amazon think Amazon's the answer. People who do e-commerce think e-commerce is the answer. People who do property think property is the answer. But if the asset class you're in, like residential property for me now and anyone in the UK really, um, certainly in wales where the legislation has become very stringent and again in principle no problem with that but as an investment it gets it less attractive you know financially um please don't misunderstand i'm not a rogue landlord i obey the rules and i understand and respect the reasons for the rules but it doesn't mean it makes a great investment and so when an asset class goes like that or e-commerce is going like that perhaps at the moment then you know it's good to have the broad-mindedness to zoom back out and go right i have cash i have skill sets i have contacts uh where should i deploy those what makes sense anyway bit of a longer one than i was intending today sorry but hopefully some useful stuff to come out of today's ramble and uh speak to you soon